This call is being recorded. like another 30 seconds for everyone to join I must admit I am really excited about sharing this word that we have today I'm really excited so I'm just going to give another 20 seconds All right, all right. Good morning, guys. Welcome to the Alpha Talk Power Call. This is a weekly call to connect, empower, and inspire enlightened minds to pursue a life of greatness. Today's topic is the eternity perspective. Um, we are still in our The Mind of Christ series. This is part three. So I will be speaking on this topic today. But before I go and start we're going to open this line up in prayer father god i just thank you lord for being the awesome amazing god that you are lord i thank you for not only choosing me but choosing everyone else that you have called to be able to share your world to to share your word to share your light with the rest of humanity lord i thank you for shifting our perspectives to a kingdom mindset to be able to think act, love, and believe like you. Lord, I thank you for cleansing our imagination so that anything that's blocking us from being able to function like Jesus is removed in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for helping us to be able to see beyond our problems now, to be able to function like our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, the other leaders that went forward seeing something beyond where they were at the moment to be able to keep pushing forward. I thank you for helping us to cultivate the eternity perspective, to be able to minister not only to ourselves, but also unto the Lord, which is your dear son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for helping us to cultivate a life of sacrifice, a life of sacrifice, not seeing things that we give as loss but as gain i pray that everyone is able to hear your word father god and i ask that you move me out of the way so that your word may go forth i thank you lord for using us on a day-to-day basis to bring encouragement healing restoration and miraculous power in this world we are so thankful for your presence lord we are so thankful for your smile which helps to heal us, which helps us to move forward. May this word go forth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, I thank you all for joining. Like I mentioned, today's message is titled The Eternity Perspective. So we are still in our The Mind of Christ series. This is part three. So for those of you who missed the first two parts, I'm going to give you a brief recap right now. 
So basically the mind of Christ is we're going over what we call the kingdom mindset and we're going over some of the things that frame us to be able to develop a true kingdom mindset, to be able to truly have the mind of Christ. A lot of us pray for the mind of Christ, but if we were to break that down, a lot of us don't understand what that looks like. What's his perspective? What's the perspective that Jesus had when he was able to bear all sins and allow himself to be placed on a cross? Not only for that present generation, but also for generations to come. So in order for us to be able to have the mind of Christ, we have to understand the perspective that Jesus had. So I'm going to go these four things. One moment. So as I mentioned before, the, the mind of Christ, these are the three, well, actually, I'll say four kind of base points I want to focus on. This is for the series as a whole. And then I'm going to go into each individual part as far as our message today. So these are the four base points for the kingdom mindset, the mind of Christ. One, a mindset, the, the mind of Christ is the mind that is aware of kingdom purpose. The mind of Christ is a mind that is guarded by the truth. It develops the disciplined thinking. Number three, the mind of Christ is a mind that is centered on real-time response. It is a mind that is centered on real-time response. And number four, this is the fourth base point. Secular minds, undisciplined minds cannot perceive what the kingdom of God is doing. So that's the four base points for this whole series as a whole. So you can have some framework on what we're discussing here. So today our focus will be on the eternity perspective. The theme scripture for today is actually we're going to come out of 2 Timothy 2.10. And it is written, for this reason, I'm actually reading out of the Amplified Version. This is 2 Timothy verse um Verses two, I'm sorry, chapter two, verse 10. For this reason, I am ready to patiently endure all things for the sake of those who are the elect, God's chosen ones, so that they too may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it the reward of eternal glory. All right, so. I, I want to pause right there because it's two parts. That last sentence I said, it's two parts. And it's salvation and eternal, and, and with it the return of eternal, um, and with it the reward of eternal glory. So we have to understand. Hello, everyone. Just mute your lines. Thank you for joining. God bless. We have to understand that salvation. Okay. I want to say this right because this is this this is might shake up this might shake up a few mindsets. The purpose of us being saved was not just to go to heaven, because we were created for earth. So you have to understand that we were created to dominate earth. So the purpose of being saved was not just for us to be um, to have the Holy Spirit come inside of us and to just go to heaven. It was for more. So as you are understanding that. The salvation is like a is like a key, right? 
so salvation is the key, but the real reward is spending an eternity with Jesus Christ. It's spending an eternity with God the Father. It's being able to get back what was stolen from us, which was this earth. We lost our authority because of Adam. So as you are understanding that the purpose of our life day to day is not just to make it to heaven. The real purpose is to dominate. It's to dominate in this time and also in the time to come. It's also to dominate in this time and also in the time to come. So we have to, we're going to be discussing a few things regarding the things that we do in time versus the things we do for eternity. Let me repeat that. We're going to discuss the things we do for time versus the things we do for eternity. So this is the first statement. Everything we do has either a temporary or eternal benefit. Now you say, Hakeem, what are you talking about? Like, what, like temporary, temporary, like I'm working my job. I'm taking care of my family. Yes, you are. But what is the basis of why you're working? Are you working just to take care of your family, just to put food on the table? Or are you teaching your children and your family how also how to work and how to put food on the table? Are you replicating yourself? Are you showing the way, not just being the way, but are you showing the way? A lot of people have become successful, but it's those they teach. It's the disciples. It's the, it's the disciples that carry the message forward. I don't want to move ahead of myself. Let me stay focused. <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's, this is like one of those messages literally where like before I answered this, um, before I even got on this phone, my heart was burning. You know, in the scriptures, it talks about did not our hearts burn. And it was talking about Christ was walking with them. This is how I'm feeling about this message because I'm going to share something with you. This message blessed me first. One of the ways to really know um, if a message is really for others is if it blesses you as well. Sometimes some messages are for future benefit. So that's, a whole, that's another message for you leaders out there. Don't be discouraged if you don't see immediate results based on what you're saying now. And this actually, this topic is going to help encourage you with that too. Don't allow your valuable word to feel not valuable because of the the result that you see in, in time. So anyway, going back to what I said, we have to understand that we have two things. We have time and we have eternity. Now, the reason why we have such a interesting relationship with time is because we in this world we measure everything for example we have minutes seconds hours days months years decades we measure everything we measure distance we have miles yards centimeters we measure everything we measure liquids um <laughs> pints liters gallons we measure everything so in this world we have been conditioned to measure everything and it's okay as long as the measurements have a purpose that's pertaining to the kingdom of God. And I'm going to get there in a second. So one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to invest into eternity is because we can't measure it. Mm. 
somebody that that was your that's the answer to your prayer right there. You've been doing something and you've been sowing your love. You've been sowing your kindness. You've been sowing seeds into good soil. But what's happening is you have been trying to measure it by a system that was not constructed by God. The system can be inter um, the God God can intervene in the system. He can use the system, but this system has satanic origins. So you, with a system that has satanic origins and satanic infiltration, you have to remove those parameters, and those parameters are measurements. So everything that you're doing has either a temporary or, you know, basically a time base or eternal benefit. So what I really want you to understand and really see today is that you cannot measure eternity. You cannot measure eternity. Um, wasn't it Jesus that said to the Nicodemus, he said, and if you know, he was talking about the kingdom of God. He said, unless you are born of the water and spirit, you can't see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. So the reason why some of us have a hard time being able to measure um, where we are is because we haven't been born again in certain areas of our life. Yes, you may be a financial genius. You take care of finances. You count every dot. You count. You, you dot every I. You cross every T. You're ex excellent at finances, but when it comes to your relationship, you have to be born again in that area. A lot of us just think of being born again as a as a whole transformation. Yes, your spirit is renewed, but your soul is still in the process of being healed, of being restored to wholeness. It's a process. So being born again is not, it's, it's, it's a one-time thing that happens, but as far as the soul being restored, it's a process. So when you're investing into the spirit, and what does that look like? You know, like I said earlier, you're taking care of your family, you're taking care of your kids. Some of us are living day to day. Now, it's okay to live day to day if, if there's a vision. If there's a vision, it's okay to live day to day. If the vision is focused on the will of God, if it's focused on being a blessing to the kingdom, if it's a focus on being a blessing to God's people, that's okay. Now, if you're living day to day for self and for your own, then you're living for temporary benefits. Because what happens when you lose your job? What happens if you lose your car? What happens if you lose your home? If you measure that against eternity, you will see that everything that you're worrying about has no eternal benefit. How you manage what you have has eternal benefit, but how you covet it Mm. How you cover it has temporary benefit. So, you know, I'm going to keep moving on. So that's the main point right there with the first point I want to discuss is everything that you do has a temporary or eternal benefit. So going for the main point, I want actually let me read something to you. Hold on. I'm a, this is going to blow your minds. The Lord have revealed to me that a lot of us, including myself, have been double minded with this. Read this. 
I'm going to read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19. It says, Do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth, where moth and, raw and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where, pay attention, for where your treasure is, there is your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. So what that's basically saying is, if you're living your life focused on the, on Jesus, and you're focused on sowing seeds of kindness, sowing seeds of love, if you're truly living to serve the kingdom, you're storing your treasures in heaven. Now, if you're focused on heaven, if you're focused on eternity, the, the realm where God lives, there's like a safety deposit box there. And I don't want to go into rewards because I touched on that last week. But as you are allowing God's kingdom to be your storehouse, you are storing in a place that you eventually will meet him. So it's a safe place. Now, if you're focused on storing things here on earth, you know, when you pass away, it stays here. But the things that you sow in a kingdom, that you sow in a kingdom, they're there now and they'll be there later with increase, with more. And if you're focused on his purposes, then your heart will align with his heart and you'll be able to see what he sees. What are you, what are you talking about, Hakeem? What does that look like? I'll be able to see what he sees. What are you saying? What I'm saying is this. There are certain blessings that are right in front of your face, but because you're focused on time, you're focused on what you do, you're focused on what you did, you cannot see what's right in front of you, the blessings, because you don't have God's heart and his eyes for that thing. There are certain things, certain barriers, certain blinders that we all have. We all have what I call spiritual blinders with certain things. If you want to be able to truly walk in purpose and live the life that God sacrificed his son so that you could have, you have to learn how to shift your perspective to his perspective so that you can see the blessings, so that you can get some direction day to day. You can get direction month to month, year to year. But you have to store your treasures in heaven. Another thing. Um, oh, double-mindedness. Now, this is going to blow your mind. The Lord was saying how... Now, this is mind-blowing. Double-mindedness is not just thinking two things at one time. The word double-mindedness actually refers to two souls. So, what the Lord was revealing to me is that if you have a soul that's focused on time... And a, and a part of your soul is also focused on eternity, you're double-minded. You're double-minded. And I'm going to read it right, I'm going to reveal it to you right now. Um, this is Matthew still in chapter 6. This is verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. So double-mindedness is not just not being able to make a decision. It's your focus. It's whatever you're focused on. If you're focused on 
the righteousness of God and being able to walk in his footsteps. If you're, if that's your focus, other things will try to appear and try to get you to focus on them, but you have to stay focused on him. And this is not what I call a lazy salvation where it's like, you know, you got, you have people out here like, Oh, you know, I'm going to start this company. I'm trying to get this money up, but I'm going to just let the Lord do it. You know, we always talk about, we let the Lord do something. Yes. The Lord wants to, he wants to make it happen, but there's a, there's a, there's a partnership. There's a partnership. It's not about this. You know, I call it a lazy salvation where we just, we give every, we, we defer everything to God where we just say, Oh, God, to take care of that. God, to take care of that. Yes. God will make sure it gets handled, but we still are supposed to be stewards. And it says to be faithful over few, and he will make us ruler. Not just make you a steward, he will make you a ruler over many. So let me go on because time, man, man, man. So the next point is this. Seek to live a life that outlives you. Seek to live a life that outlives you. So remember last week how I mentioned the word name. I talked about how the one of the meanings of the word name is purpose. It's also this memorial. Now, when you think of memorial, right? Some of us we think of soldiers. We think of battle. We also think of a graveyard. Now, what happens when you go to a graveyard? What do you see on the tombstone? You see a name. Now, your name has a connection. Even though your parents may have given it to you, whoever gave you the name, whether it was your aunt, uncle, whatever, you have to understand that your name still has a hint of divine inspiration. Hidden within your name is your life purpose. I don't have time to go too deep into that, but I, I touched on it last week. I talked about how the word name actually means memorial. So the things that you do in this lifetime, when people think of you in the future, they're going to think of the thing, how you were, how you made them feel, your contributions to humanity. They're not going to be talking about how much money you had in the bank. They're not going to be like, oh, man, you know, Hakeem passed away. Um, man, yo, he had like $50,000 in the bank. He had uh, a perfume company and, you know, he went to uh, all these countries and one of these vacations. Nobody's going to talk about that. Only thing they're going to talk about is the things that they were personally admirable of or the things that touched them personally. It doesn't matter about how much, all the things that we focus so much now are passing away. And it's when, we, when we're... <sighs> When people come to our funeral in the future, they're not going to be talking about money. They're not going to be talking about houses and how big your house was and how many square feet and, you know, if you, how many dogs you had. It does not matter. <laughs> it does not matter. And if it doesn't matter, you shouldn't be focused on it now. So seek to live a life that outlives you. What do people, when, when people say your name, right? This is something you should think about. When people say your name, what are the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that come to mind? Think about it. When, when people see your name pop up on the phone, right? All right. <laughs> this, this, all right, I'm, let me, I'm gonna leave that alone. Sometimes, you know, you know how certain people, when they call your phone, 
the name pops up, Im- immediately certain emotions pop up in your mind. And sometimes it could be based on something that just happened or it could be based on, you know, something, whatever it is. But when that name pops up on your phone, you see them calling you, certain feelings come to mind. Sometimes it could be excitement. Sometimes it could be disdain. Sometimes it could be um, expectation, whatever it is. You want to think of when your name pops up in people's mind, what comes to mind? And whatever you want to come to mind, you want to start to live that today. Start to model that today. That's legacy-based living. What type of legacy do you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be remembered as a selfish person who was always focused on themselves? Do you want to be remembered as a person that has so many books in them, but they never wrote them? Do you want to be remembered as a person who could have started a successful perfume business or, um, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, but never did it? You want to be remembered for the things you actually accomplished. You want your name to outlive you. All right, so we're going on. We're going on. Actually, no. So the scripture I want to relate to that, what I just talked about, which is seeking to out, seek to live a life that outlives you, is this. For by this, this is Hebrews 11, verse 2. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. So don't focus so much on having human approval. Focus on having divine approval. Because if you focus on having divine approval, he will give you human approval. It's a gift. It's, um, it says that the Lord, when he was young, it says he, he, he grew in favor with both man and God. I don't have time to go too much, too deep into that. But the second verse is this. This is Hebrews. We're still in Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this. All these, he's talking about the men and women, the men and women of old who died in faith. All these died in faith, guided and sustained by it, right without receiving the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen, anticipated them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So remember how I just talked about seeking to live a life that outlives you. These people that they're talking about, which they talked about Abraham, they talked about Rahab, they talked about um, Sam, they talked about a whole bunch of people in Hebrews 11. And what he's saying here, I believe Paul wrote this, what he's saying is that they were focused on something that was beyond them. They weren't just focused on paying light bills. <laughs> and they weren't just focused on paying a car note. They won't, you know, they didn't even have stuff like they. Oh, okay, let me let me be funny. They weren't focused on paying for the camel. <laughs> they they weren't focused on having enough dirt for, you know, whatever they had to do. They were focused on you. They were thinking about you, Helen. They were thinking about you, Denzel. They were thinking about you, Jamel. They were thinking about you, Faith. They were thinking about you, Hakeem. They were thinking about you, Ashley. They were thinking about you. And that's the same perspective that Jesus had when he was on the cross. It says that he, mm, it says that for, man, mm, mm, mm. the scripture is Hebrews 12 too. I can't even go there right now. mm. All right, anyway, I'm going to keep moving on because I'm going to get to the next part. So this is the last part, and this is in regards to patience. 
Patience is cultivated by developing an eternal perspective. Patience is cultivated by developing an eternal perspective. So what does that really mean? The word patience, the, the, the short meaning of it basically means slow to anger. Slow to anger. So there are certain things that we get angry about and certain things we don't get angry about. Now, the reason why there are certain things that we do get angry about is because our patience in that area has not been perfected. Now, what James says about it in James chapter one, he says, so let it grow for when your endurance, the word endurance actually is connected to patience. It means long suffering. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. Now, the word perfect actually means fully mature. It's not referring to like what the world says is perfect, which is a certain look or style or status. Perfect refers to being fully mature. So this scripture right here is saying to let patience have her perfect work so that you will be complete, needing nothing. There are certain individuals, some of us, who as we continue to focus on the Lord, what happens is we keep we keep experiencing the same thing over and over again. And we're wondering, like, why do I keep going through the same thing? Remember how I talked about the, the wilderness, right? Some of us may end up dying in the wilderness because we didn't focus on the Lord. We didn't say, Lord, okay, what's this stumbling block? What is this thing that I have a hard time getting over? What is this that's bothering me? We don't allow the Lord to show us the areas of our life that need more patience. Long suffering. You know what the word suffer means? It means to bear load. So some of us, we're wondering why we keep having the same issues. And the Lord is telling us you have to learn how to bear loads. But then also, you don't bear the load alone. He, the Lord is kind of like, you know, you know that old picture, right? And we getting short on time. You know that old picture where they have like Atlas and he has the whole earth on his back and he's holding it. You know that image that we've seen probably on TV or in, in books or whatever. Anyway, some of us are carrying our own load. We're not bearing it with the Lord. We're bearing it for the Lord. But we're bearing it for the Lord in vain because we are not inviting him in to help us carry it. Now, if you keep feeling sad, depressed, discouraged about a certain thing, and you continue to have the same burden over and over and over again, it's because you haven't learned how to balance. <laughs> All right. All right. So balance, right? Okay. Mm, Jesus, help me to explain this. All right. Right. So those of us, right, who have been on the, I don't know who's been on the skateboard before, right? Whoever's been on the skateboard, you know that in order to be able to move forward, in order to be able to move forward, to be able to do certain tricks and et cetera, you have to learn how to balance both your legs on one board, Right? So as you're learning how, like you're hitting corners and you're going around corners and stuff like that, there's a balance. You have to learn how to flow. You learn how to flow. So when I'm talking about patience, you have to learn what 
portion of the burden is yours and what portion of the burden is the Lord's. You have to learn balance. There's a balance. There's some things that the Lord wants you to suffer because it's bringing you to your knees to come to him. And there are some things that the Lord does not want you to suffer. And those are the things that feel almost unbearable. So it is, it's, it's, a, it's a balance. It's a balance. It's balanced suffering. Some for you to bring you to your knees so you can go to him and some for him to take, keep you coming to him to also show you your power and his power. So it's a relationship, it's a partnership. So as you allow patience to have her perfect works in you, you are cultivating an eternity perspective because I need you to realize something, right? And I, I always share this. We are three-part beings. We, we are a spirit. We possess a soul. Our soul gives us self-awareness that allows us to know our own thoughts. That's how you're able to know what you're thinking. Even as I'm talking, you're able to think that's your soul perceiving it right now. Then you have a body. That's what allows you to be able to hear what I'm saying is your ears, you know, your, your skin, all that and so forth. So you live in a body. But when your body dies, you do not die. Now, where you go is based on how you lived your life here on earth. Because your soul and spirit are intangible. It's kind of like water. Water never actually disappears. It dissipates. It changes form. It changes form. It evaporates. It goes back into the air. It never ever technically like goes away totally. It just changes form. And it's the same way with your soul and spirit. They intertwine. When, you, when, when, I, when, when we pass away, we're going to still be aware of our existence so as you are aware of this you're going to also be aware of how you lived your life on earth you're gonna be like dang man wow you know certain things or certain things that make you smile happy so forth anyway because we you know i don't want to go too much over time um we when i talked about the suffering Pay attention to this, right? This is the last scripture I'm going to go over. This is in regards to patience having a perfect work. And this is First Peter chapter 5. It says, in his kindness, God called you to share. And I'm not talking about the partnership. God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, a little while, he will restore one, restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. I don't have enough time to go into the whole teaching on that because that's actually something I want to learn more about myself. Um, it talks about suffering. So when you're suffering, there's a, it's, a, it's four things that happen after that. So there's certain burdens that you have, but as you allow the Lord to strengthen you, um, you know, after you suffer and everything, it's a process. These are the things that happen, and Peter just revealed it. It says, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and then he will place you on a firm foundation. So, with that being said, let patience have her perfect work because you are being, the ultimate result is that you will be placed on a firm foundation, and it will be harder for you to stumble because you will have allowed the Spirit of God to work in you and to develop 
a level of power in you. And the cool, the funny thing about power is that it doesn't have to speak. <laughs> I'll leave that right there. So, guys, I want to thank you for joining this call. Um, before I end this call, I'm going to just kind of recap the three things I went over. One, remember, everything we do has either a temporary or eternal benefit. Two, we want to seek to live a life that outlives us. Use our time to the glory of God. Stop measuring by time, seconds, hours, minutes, days, and so forth. Measure by eternity. And three, patience is developed by, I'm sorry, patience is cultivated by developing a, an eternal perspective. Patience is cultivated by developing an, an eternal perspective. Let patience have a perfect work in you. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. Trust that you are being healed. You are being made stronger. There are going to be certain things that don't bother you anymore. As you allow God in his infinite wisdom to instruct you, if something keeps bothering you in James, it says to ask God who gives wisdom generously and he will not rebuke you. So if you don't understand something, stop trying to use human wisdom. Go to God and he will reveal the word through either his word or he'll confirm it through another person. But you have to stop keeping your problems to yourself. Write about it. Talk about it respectfully, not trying to like, you know, get people to feel bad for you, to feel pity, but truly seek it out. It says that the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you want to really experience power, miracles and abundance and all these good things, seek the Lord on your problem. So with that being said, we're going to end in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for being the awesome, amazing God that you are. I thank you for helping us to heal. Lord, I pray that this word was able to touch us. I pray that you were able to minister to whoever needed to hear that word, Father God. Lord, I thank you for reframing our perspectives to have a mindset that glorifies you. Lord, I thank you for helping us to see your power, to, to know your power, to love your power. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I pray for everyone in this call that they get to work safely, that they get home safely, that their marriages, finances, everything that you have given them authority over, I pray that it will be healed in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be able to stay united in the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, anyone who wanted to, before I hang up, I want to give anyone an opportunity to share a testimony or a praise report or anything before we hang up. Awesome. So guys, I thank you for joining. I pray that you have a blessed day. And you remember that you are out.